I believe the Lord loves to hear that cry for help. Uh, I need you. And he has answered the call. Today, I pray that you see it. That was the second song we sang, sang, Lord, help me see what you've done. And Lord, I need you. He's answered that. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Today, we're really going to answer one of those old hymns of the faith. We're going to be counting God's blessings. Because he's answered our need. He, he wants us to see how we've been blessed to be a blessing. But it really, that, that, that concept goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 12, where God uh, meets Abram and he says, I'm going to bless you and you'll be a blessing uh, to generations that will come. And we are that blessed generation, everyone that has come after him uh, since the Messiah, since Jesus. We have been blessed through Abraham's blessing and we're to be a blessing to others as well. Paul talks about it here in Ephesians chapter 1. He says this, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. And I know you're here today, and if, you, if that was felt, a heartfelt song you sang, God, is, he, he has helped us, and we're going to see that today in this text, how we've been blessed. And I am so thankful you're here to receive this blessing, this reminder. Whether you're watching online or listening on the radio, or you're right here in the room, and you're, you're preparing for this Thanksgiving season, the reminder from God's word is huge, the blessings we have. So, so let's look at this first one as we count them. Here's number one. You have been chosen by God. Let's get right into it. Write it down in your Bible. Uh, put it on your phone. You have been chosen by God. So one we talked about last week, the entire service. Look what it says in verse four. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. God, before a star was hung, before the world begun... He chose us to be in relationship with him. And he says, I'm going to plan a way for us to to be together forever. That's what God is saying. What an amazing truth. Uh, From the beginning, God has focused on you. You may need to hear this. Maybe the only thing you really need to hear today. If you hear one thing, hear this. God is for you. We live in a world where this side is against this side and you may feel everyone is against you, especially when you go into a Thanksgiving holiday meal with the in-laws or the outlaws or the neighbors across the street. You may feel like so many people are not really for you. God is for you. Amen. He has chosen you. He, He wants you to be in relationship with him. In fact, before this world even began, he says, I have a plan to be with you forever. So that's number one. God chose you. Number two, you are brought into God's family. This is good, especially during the holidays. You are brought into his family. Look what it says in verse five. God predestined or he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Think about this for a moment. God's will for you. You're like, oh, if I only knew God's will. I would know what school to go to. I'd know uh, to pursue this promotion. I'd know to, to do this or that. But here's God's will for you. He predestined us according to his will that you would be brought into his family. Uh, sometimes we think the best thing we can do as Christians is ever hope to be saved. While I think that is the pinnacle thing Jesus ever did, he saved us. His will for us is not just to be saved, but to be his sons and daughters. And there's a difference. Some people say, well, well, I'm saved, but I've always got to forever be trying to work out uh, and earn my salvation. That's not what the word of God says. He saved us and allowed us to be in his family. He brought us in as sons and daughters. That's his will. 
He didn't just save us from eternal death, but he brought us in so we could call him dad. You're like, I don't know if it's proper to call the father dad. Jesus did. The word that Jesus often used to to have this personal relationship with the father, he would say Abba, which is most closely translated to, to daddy. I wonder if you realize God says, I'm so much for you. I've called you to be my son or daughter and you can call me dad. What a great blessing that we're invited into the family. It's such good news, especially the next few days. Because for some of you, it honestly, it doesn't feel like you got much family. I wish it were different for all of us. I wish we all had the perfect Thanksgiving and, and Christmas holiday season. But for many of us, time with family hurts, maybe because of distance. We just can't be with them. I, I, I know that pain. Maybe it's because of death. Grandma and grandpa's no longer there. Maybe a child's not there. That's not the way it's supposed to be. But because of the holidays, it elevates this idea. Uh, it doesn't feel much like family. Maybe there's so much fighting or not enough finances that the idea of a holiday family hurts. But God is sharing with us that no matter how it feels on earth, we're in his family forever as his sons and daughters through Jesus. That's God's will for us to be brought into this family, this huge family. And we are the sons and daughters of not just an earthly father who's going to mess up. And as an earthly father, I mess up on a daily basis. But our father in heaven is the perfect father of all the universe. He's the creator of everything. What a huge blessing. I wonder if you get that. Don't move into Thanksgiving if you're a child of God, if you're in Christ, without realizing he's for you and you're his son and daughter and he is your daddy. If you really want to challenge your own heart and and see if you understand what it means to be in Christ, ask yourself this, what type of emotion comes into your heart when you think about being with the Father? Is it just in reverence, hoping he doesn't punish you? It goes beyond that. Is it this idea that, that you've done it so many times it's no big deal? Or, or does it begin to translate when you think about being with God, being in Christ, that you get excited, that, that, that your heart uh, jumps with affection, that, that you can't help but say, oh, daddy, thank you for the blessings you've given me. I hope it's a little like this girl who saw her dad for the first time after being in, in the service. Watch this clip. For her, it was a big deal, wasn't it? Oh, Daddy, I miss you. Uh, I, I wanted, she didn't be like, can I go see him? Is it, is it appropriate? Well, she knew that she was loved by her dad, and she, she rushed him. Her heart was wide open. I, I wonder how we respond to the, the idea of being with our Father in heaven. Is it with affection and, and great felt blessing, or is it such a small deal in our lives because we become numb? We, we don't get the how big of a deal it is. Some of you may be thinking, well, what difference does it make? Well, I think it impacts everything. It impacts how you enter into Thanksgiving. It impacts how you come to this place of worship. It impacts how we live. It impacts how we give. It impacts the way we look at this God's holy word. Here's what's interesting. When you view the father as your dad and you begin to realize this is his love letter to his children and we get to open this up, we get to read his text messages to our lives, 
It changes everything. Don't miss this. If you're in Christ, you're forever changed. Not just a sinner who is separated from God, but you are a child of God brought into the family as his son and daughter. And that's amazing. You are his sons and daughters. When I look at you, I don't just see a Greenville First Christian Church, kind of like a, a, a social club, which what some people try to make church to be. I see God's kids coming to worship him, saying, oh, daddy, we're so thankful we're here. Do we, do we live that way? Here's what's the dangerous. Most of us believe we're in Christ, and there's probably truth in that. Last week, I don't know if you were here. If you were here, I remember I had you raise your hand if you're in Christ, and 99% of you raise your hand, and I'm thankful that you see a connection with Christ, but do we live that way? Do we understand uh, that we come here, not, not as a church where we gather just in this building, but we are the body of Christ living in the world? Because I'm afraid some of us have been coming to church so long but we still think we're just still separated from God by sin for some reason. If you're in Christ, that separation from God is gone. You are in him. You're with him. You're family. Some of us have been coming to church uh, for a long time. Maybe we've been in the, for the church a long time. And we still think we're this servant trying to earn our way to God. But what God has said, because of what Jesus has done, you're my sons and daughters. And that's good. That's so good. When we really understand God's grace and the blessings, we need to look at him as our father, as his sons and daughters, and be willing to just run to him and say, oh, daddy, oh, Abba, father, I'm so thankful what you've done. Look at number three. The word of God makes it clear here from the father, through the Holy Spirit, from Paul, that we have been redeemed through Christ. Look what it says in verse seven. In him, we have redemption through his blood, through Christ. The forgiveness of our trespasses. Uh, this is really uh, clearly translated. You could also translate this in sin. And this is the idea that we have rebelled against God. We have made choices against our Father. And that separates us from Him. But because of Christ and His shedding of His blood, those sins are removed. They're gone. We have been redeemed. Redeemed literally means to be bought back, to gain a possession of, again, through a high cost. To exchange a possession for something for a payment. You know what the payment that Christ gave? It's in the text, his own blood, his life. During last week's communion, Dee shared with us that one of the, the things that you can't look past from the adoption process, whether it's a spiritual adoption we see in Ephesians 1 that we're talking about, or the adoption process in our modern world, it is costly to redeem someone into your family. Uh, what the word of God here is saying, the price that Jesus paid was by his blood. There's no higher cost. As an adoptive father, I know the cost of adoption. It, it is uh, physically draining, it is financially draining, it is emotionally draining, but boy, is it worth it. And what God is saying, I have redeemed you and it is worth it, even though I paid with the, the blood of my son Jesus. What an amazing testimony that God has. We have been redeemed and bought at the price of his blood. That's how much he's for you. That's how much he wants to be with you. I know some of your hearts are growing to be with an adopted child on earth. If you want to know more about that, so one more time I get to share with you. Tonight at 5 o'clock right over here in the Christian Education Wing, we're going to have an adoption and foster care uh, class uh, led by our very own Chrissy and Shannon Graham, uh, and a lot of a great experience. If you just want to know a little bit more how you can help or how you can get plugged in that, be here at five, okay? What a great blessing. 
But God says, I've paid more than money. I paid more than my emotional. I gave my son's own blood so that I could redeem you. It's the ultimate price. Why, why did he pay that price? Because no other payment was sufficient. But Christ's blood covered our sin. It, it removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. So that's number three. We are redeemed. Number four is this. God lavished the riches of his grace on you. Look what it says in verse 8. According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. Here's what this is basically saying. God does not hold back. Amen? I mean, it's just true. Uh, with his children, man, I want to give my children every opportunity they have, and I'm just a, an, an earthly father. The Bible says if there's any good gift, it comes from, from heaven. It comes from God. God does not hold back. He lavishes on us these great gifts. He pours out his love and his grace. It's incredible. I wondered this week how I could communicate to you how just extravagant his lavish love is, how he pours it out. We don't use the word lavish very much. And, and basically, I started thinking about Thanksgiving of how it compared to that. And then naturally, I started thinking about food, which led me to naturally think about one of the best parts about Thanksgiving meal, the gravy. Okay, just hang with me here for a minute. How many of you like gravy? All right. We could have a little, uh, is it white gravy or brown gravy? We could debate that all day long. I'm not picky. I just like gravy, okay? Now, when you go back, especially to your childhood, there was something that happened at Thanksgiving meal, at least in my house. You'd have your plate, you'd kind of go around the kitchen, and you weren't trusted to kind of serve yourself for a number of reasons, but, but they would say, hold on to your plate, and you'd go around, and often your mom or your aunt would kind of give you your food. I remember this vividly. Um, my mom was often uh, just very conservative in every way. She'd be like, come back for a second if you want more. But I was like, mom, I need more gravy. And she'd put like two tablespoons of, of gravy on. I was like, that's not enough. You know, it's just not enough. However, if my grandma was around there and I could, I could time it just right where maybe I was around her and I could ask her for the gravy, she knew how to pour in the gravy, okay? She would take like a ladle, and you know how you do this? You'd have the, the, the mashed potatoes, and you'd put the crater in the middle, and she'd fill that up. That was like the reservoir of gravy, okay? And then what she would do is, this is the lavish part. She'd fill that up, which that was enough. I mean, it was good, better than a couple tablespoons. Then she would just kind of put extra doses around the turkey and the dressing, and if I was lucky on the noodles, she would just lavish it everywhere. In the same way, but like a million times better, God takes his grace and he just lavishes it. He just pours it on. While, while it might be enough to be saved from our sins so we can go to heaven, he says, I'm going to give you more, and I'm going to give you more. And today we're looking at much uh, of this grace. Uh, God lavishes not gravy, which would be good. He lavishes his grace, is what it says. He lavishes richly of his grace. He pours it on. He doesn't hold back. Some of us think we come to church and we're like, oh, if I could just get by, I'll be good enough. God says, if you're my son or daughter and I know that you are because Christ paid for you, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. Look at verse five, number five. If we're counting our blessings, God made you heirs in, to his inheritance. Look at verse 11 where this comes from. In him we have obtained an inheritance. That's good news. The book is still out for most of us on what our earthly inheritance will look like. My boys, some of them are probably in the room. This I see Drake right now and Deacon. I just want to give them a little heads up. The book is not so much out. Yours won't be much. Okay, guys? 
But for many of you, you're like, I don't know my inheritance. I, I, it, it boggles my mind in today's world. Somebody might pass away and it'll be years later and people still aren't sure how the inheritance is going to be shaken out. Uh, if you uh, think grandma or grandpa or somebody's going to pass away and it's all, it, it's a mess in today's world. The inheritance of this world is very uncertain. But what the scripture here is saying, your inheritance with him is secure. In him, we have obtained it. It's already there. All these blessings. Listen to the way Paul puts it in verse 10 as he explains the inheritance that we have. It says, as a plan, God has a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. Does he just say, okay, you get this little uh, portion of the inheritance? No, he says, I'm going to unite all things in heaven and things on earth. This is not a poor man's inheritance. This is not just a, a blue-collar or even a, a white-collar professional inheritance. This is the king of heaven, the master of the universe, the creator of all things, uh, the one who controls everything, the one that owns uh, the, the cattle on a thousand hills and more. He is saying, I have an inheritance for you in Christ, and it's yours. This is where the grace on grace comes in. He says, I'm not only going to save you by grace, I'm going to lavish grace on you with an inheritance like you can't imagine. Man, that's good news. That's amazing. I hope, I hope when you see your daddy in heaven, when you see the father, you realize that he wants to bless you. Not because of what you've done, but because of how much he loves you and what Christ has done for you. Look at number six. God has sealed you with his spirit. Verse 13 of chapter one says this. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. This is Paul reminding us of what Peter said on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Remember, it says, repent and be baptized, everyone, and you're going to receive two things. The forgiveness of sin, which we just talked about, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Paul here is saying, this blessing of the Holy Spirit is a seal for you. It's marking you as his. He explains it in verse 13. Look, it says this, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, when you heard the gospel, it says, of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. It's a guarantee for those who believe and are baptized. Paul says, uh, Peter says, you're going to have your sins forgiven and the Holy Spirit will come in your life. And in that, it's a seal saying you belong to him. It's God saying, that's my boy. That's my daughter. It, it marks us part of the family. The Holy Spirit does much more than this, but one of the, the most awesome things it does is it identifies to the world and especially to Satan that God has claimed us as his and, and, and we're, we're his, period. What a great reminder. Growing up, one of the moments that's burned into my memory that's just such an affirmation to who I am, who I belong to, was I believe it was probably a seventh grade basketball game. The junior high basketball season is upon us now. If you have anybody in your family in junior high, I encourage you to go watch that. It is chaos, crazy, and also pure basketball at the same time. You don't want to miss junior high basketball. But as a seventh grader, I was going through warm-ups in southern Indiana. And one thing about junior high basketball, sometimes the gym is pretty empty early on in the, in the game because people are still getting off work. I can remember doing warm-ups and my mom and dad kind of standing in the doorway as I went around the layup line. And they were talking to somebody in the doorway and I can remember, I could just really hear him say to my mom and dad saying, hey, is that your boy? He was questioning it and in unison and quickly and with confidence, with I felt the love of them, they quickly said, yes, that's our boy. 
But as a seventh grader, I didn't even turn and acknowledge him. I was too cool to even look. You know, they were there, but I just ran past them. But you know, that strengthened my heart. Man, I enjoy often right now the opportunity. If, if someone asks me if one of my four boys or my daughter's mine, I love saying, yes, that's my boy. That's my girl. In much the same way and more, God is saying through the Holy Spirit, they are mine. It's my sons and daughters in Christ. That's who you are. And I pray that you cherish this truth that God is saying, I've sealed you as my possession. He's claiming you. He's excited about that. You are his. That's what the Spirit declares. What a great blessing. If today you've come here today and you're like, I don't even know who I am. I don't know where I fit in. God is shouting, you're mine. You belong to, to me and my family. I've sealed you with the Spirit. Here's the last one I want us to, to cherish today. Number seven. If you're writing this down, God guarantees our future. Look what it says in verse 14. The promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance. One thing that I've learned in the last like three years is the one thing that's often certain in this world is uncertainty. And yet God says, I guarantee what's to come. I've guaranteed your inheritance. I've guaranteed the blessing. I know I've blessed you with grace. I'm going to keep giving you grace. I've guaranteed what, what is before you. Man, this matters so much because we live in a world where so many things are uncertain. Life itself. I think about my friends who I've maybe known my whole life or I've recently met who are struggling with the disease or maybe uh, some type of major physical illness and they don't know how much time they have left. In fact, sometimes Dee and I get to meet people because they know their time is, is short. Maybe they've got two years, maybe two months, maybe two weeks, and, and Dee and I will go into, through the hospice care program, and, and we'll get to meet them. And, and at first glance, it's sad, but here's what's cool. Whenever I hear, I find out they're in Christ, here's what I get to share, and I'm sharing with you now, that if you're in Christ, while your physical life is uncertain, spiritually, your life is secure. Your inheritance is complete through Christ in the Holy Spirit. Amen? We can be certain of that. The reality is, in a spiritual mindset, in Christ, our future's guaranteed. Regardless of your physical dilemmas, your emotional handicaps, God, through Jesus, has made your inheritance secure. Whether it's seven days, seven weeks, seven months, or seven decades, in Christ, we know the future. That's why Paul says in Philippians 1, the same guy wrote Ephesians, he says this, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says, either way, it's good. Some of you probably have friends over the holidays you need to share that truth with. If you're in Christ, no matter the uncertainty of your physical life, your life forever can be secure. Because the worst thing that could happen to you as the door of death opens is the best thing that will ever happen. Eternal life begins through Jesus. That's God's will for you. If you look at this whole text, God's will is all these things put together for you. But it's not about you. Here, here's the curveball. Here's the thing. You're like, Tyson, I've known mostly things, and, and I know that I can be blessed. Here's the interesting thing. You have been blessed with all these things to be a blessing. That's what the original text said. Blessed be the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with all the spiritual blessings. We have been blessed, not so we'll be comfortable, so that we'll first be a blessing to God by singing and praise, and we'll be a blessing to others by pointing to him. You have not been blessed to be comfortable and, and to sit back and soak up thanksgiving and all that it has. You have truly been blessed to bring praise to God. 
that changes Thanksgiving a little bit. Because even when you're not comfortable, you know what you can do? Praise God. When you're feeling blessed or non-blessed, you can praise God. That is his will for you in his name, in Christ, to bring him glory. You've been blessed to be a blessing. Three different times, this text in Ephesians 1 says this, to the praise of his glory. Now, we've got all these blessings, like 10 or 12 of them, is for the praise of his glory. For the praise of his glory. For the praise of his glory, he chose us. For the praise of his glory, he brought us into his family. For the praise of his glory, he redeemed us from our sins. For the praise of his glory, he, he pours on the grace, he lavishes. For the praise of his glory, he gives us an inheritance. For the praise of his glory, he seals us with the Holy Spirit. For the praise of the glory, his glory, he guarantees our future for his praise. So it's really not about us? No. It's really about the Father in heaven who has blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. Yes, it's for his glory. I mean, think about it. God lavishes on us the very best things. And what's the very best thing he could ever pour on us? What's the very best thing we could ever put our eyes on that would get us excited? It's him and giving him praise for his glory. When you experience something truly amazing, we naturally celebrate it. Our, our response to a blessing in Christ uh, shouldn't be, uh, is this the time I should get excited? Is this the time that something's good that, that I should praise him? No, it's a natural thing. I don't have to, but I love to praise him. What an amazing testimony of what God has done for us. Some of you get it. You, you know how this works. Raise your hand if you're a parent or a grandparent. A lot of you in the room. If, you were, if you're like 13, like Drake, and you raise your hand, just because all hands went up, it wasn't supposed to go up, all right? I, I, like everybody's hand almost went up in the room. Now, I'm picking on Drake. He didn't really raise his hand. But if you're a parent or a grandparent, you know this. Let me explain it to you this way. When you first see your child or grandchild, you don't have to ask yourself, should I love this, this person? When you first see a child or grandchild, you, you don't have to say, should I be excited? You can't hold a, a grandparent back from telling everyone they know about the blessings of their new grandchild. It happens naturally uh, in much the same way, uh, but a little bit less. If you're a teenager recently and you just got your license, you're like, oh, it's no big deal. I just got my license. I can now drive. You, you, you get excited about that. One of the most reoccurring uh, uh, posts on Facebook, it seems like, because I've got uh, friends of friends who are uh, all, everybody's turning 16. It's this, it's this celebration kids can drive. Or how about if you're a child? I don't care how old you are, whether you're 12 or 102. On Christmas morning, when someone says Merry Christmas and hands you a gift, you don't have to ask yourself, is this for now? Should I get excited about this now? Or maybe I should put this aside and open it in July. That's not what you do. You're like, this is awesome. Merry Christmas to you. And you unwrap it. And you're like, thank, thank you. Or how about this? Maybe some of you guys will get this. No matter if you've got kids or not, if you've got a football team. And on Thanksgiving, after eating all the gravy and the turkey, you sit down on the couch and your favorite football team is in a tie game. And in the last seconds, your favorite football uh, player uh, uh, throws or runs in a touchdown and they score... You don't sit on the couch and be like, that was good. I, should I cheer? Should I get excited? No, you go crazy. I've seen some of you, you know, uh, the excitement that you have. And sometimes it gets wild. It looks a lot like this. Watch this. Stop 
That, that dad ran right past his wife. She was looking to grab him. She went off the couch and fell. <laughs> I love the one with the little boy. All of a sudden, you don't even know he's there. And all of a sudden, you realize he's, he's celebrating even with just his underwear on. He's ready to go. <laughs> That's some of you in your house when things go well. You go in, in much the same way times a million times. Every time we hear of a blessing in Christ, we need to be like, thank you, daddy. Thank you, daddy. When we need to celebrate for his glory. We don't have to consider, is now is the time? Can I get excited about this? When we naturally see something amazing, especially with a, uh, a spiritual blessing, God deserves our praise, amen? And he's ready to receive it from his kids. Because listen to this, we're about ready to praise God in one of my new favorite songs. And we're going to have an opportunity to re respond with praise, but I want you just to be reminded of the praise, what he's blessed you with. For his glory, we're going to return praise to him because he's chosen you. He's brought you into his family. He's redeemed you of, his sin, of your sins. He has lavished on you riches of his grace. He has made you heir to inheritance. He has sealed you with the Holy Spirit, and he's guaranteed your future. Touchdown, let's go to the praise of his glory. So where does that leave us today? It's not just so you'll be blessed. It's so, so you will bless him. That's where it starts. So that you will praise him. So you lift up his name. If you're not in Christ today, you can still praise him because he's been good to you. But if you realize you're not in Christ today and some of these emotions just aren't true because he's not your daddy, uh, you're not a son or daughter, you're not a brother or sister to Christ yet because you haven't believed, today can be the day that all changes. And much better than a touchdown in the Super Bowl or a, a home run in the World Series, when you come to Christ, it changes everything forever. And we praise him. If today you've realized that you want to place your belief and trust in Jesus and be baptized, we will praise him. And if you are in him, as we leave here, we'll praise him. Not only in the next few minutes, but for the rest of our lives, not only on Thanksgiving, but every day of the year. I want to invite you tonight to another time of praise at 630 at the United Methodist Church here in town. Dee and I will be there. We'll be speaking very shortly, but we're going to lift up praise to God. Let's join together, not only with this body of believers, but the entire community and praise him tonight. And praise him on Thanksgiving and praise him next Sunday and praise him every day of our life because he's blessed us to be a blessing. Would you stand with me as we thank God? If you're in a position right now, you need to thank God, let it out. If you need to be in a position because of placing your faith in Jesus, Dee and I would love to talk to you. Talk to a friend around you. But the blessings that he gives on us being in Christ are amazing. Let's give him glory. Let's sing.